<laughs> Stumbling through Plug the gate here, guys. Beyond. Your friendly neighborhood mouse podcast. <laughs> this is where I'm we host. need that soundboard, Jay. We need you to yeah, come we in. We need to have that horn. Come in with yeah. yeah come in with we the trumpets. Incorporate the horns. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. Br- we need that brass section. I don't know. I, I, think, I think I do a pretty good job of making this out on my own, but whatever. Um, so I'm your host, Ben Seibel, and I'm joined by Jay Bonnie live from the Immaculate Vibe Studios. Yo, Bid yo. With the soundboard. Hopefully we'll integrate that into the pod more soon. Yeah, we'll see. Sound a little sound a little shoddy so far. It sounds okay on my end, but like like it's, it's hard to it's hard to judge how it's gonna yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Andrew the Goon Bennett. Good to be here. Not quite from the Immaculate Vibe Studio, but we're getting there. We're here. We're uh, here from the side office, guest bedroom. So, <laughs> so on buckets and beyond, if y'all are new to the pod, we like to get into uh, the Mavs and we talk about Luca and KP, and we kind of go like to talk about what we've kind of seen in the past week of games. And um, now we're just kind of each going to pick a game that we we kind of felt like. Uh, stood out to us in this past week and kind of give us a little, you know, get a little our thoughts on it. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I could start us off. Um, I I guess I'll talk about our one loss this last week. We played really well this last week, by the way. You know, I like I, people are hating. People are starting to say this and that, but like, like there are a lot of criticisms. But I think overall, we should be optimistic. Anyway, the the Bulls loss was tough man but i'm telling you <laughs> it was fun to watch the bulls the bulls are good you know like like they're a tough mm-hmm. team on defense like they play with so much energy at home and I, I that was the first game of the road trip i think that the mavs looked tired that night especially towards the end when like it was really just the bulls controlling it like like there's just a lot of ball watching especially from dwight and kp who like I, I they just i feel like they need to lock in more put more effort in on defense um, but I feel like it's something that's right there. It's something that like, like if Jason Kidd will yell at him or something a, a few times, like maybe like it, they'll, they'll be conscious enough to put more effort in towards the end of games. Cause we could have won that game. We only lost by, we lost by 10 points and, and, you know, we, like, we there, there are points to the game where we kept it real close. So like, I feel like we, it was also a really cool night for Luca. Like he, he shot terrible from three. Um, you know, like not a great numbers night for anybody, but, but, you know, if, if we put a little more effort in on defense, I think we could have stopped the bulls that night, but, um, great win for the bulls because like there, there's some crazy highlights in there. I don't know if y'all remember like towards the end when Caruso got that steal and he was on his back oh, <laughs> through with the Lonzo Lonzo quarterbacks and across the court. So oh. the, the whole team, whole Mavericks just watching, just <laughs> literally watching it happen. I'm telling you, like, why, watch the like fourth quarter. Dwight Powell's ear, like yeah, <laughs> like whizzed by his ear on the, the left side of yeah his for face. a three sixty Levine <laughs> like legendary poster. It, yeah, it's crazy. It, the whole everybody's going nuts. He's a, a few. There are a few more highlights like that, like some crazy yams from the Bulls. They played with so much energy, and um, I, I really feel like it's... the Mavs were kind of. I feel like that was a psychological. I don't. I feel like that was a mind a mind thing with them. You know, they they weren't in the game at all at that point. But but I again, I feel like this is something that 
it, it, it's a tough loss, but it was an entertaining game. And I think it we have some there's there's hope for the future because I, I really feel like <laughs> coaches like just get on their ass a little bit about playing defense better. They could fix some of the mistakes they made and they could pick up, you know, they could pick up that point differential just a little bit at the end of the day. But but yeah, like I, I think I think this team gets kind of tired on the road. Uh, you know, we we lost two, I guess three of our four losses are on the road. And like, yeah, they're the better teams, but you know, I, I think I think we kind of see this team not perform as like the, just the, the chemistry is not all the way there when um when we got a big game on the road or something, you know. But those are my thoughts. The, you on the say Bulls the Bulls game. played with a lot of energy. It's almost like they injected a lot of new talent into their team <laughs> in the off season. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the weirdest thing because, you know, they seem like such a listless franchise the last few years. And then suddenly they pick up, you know, uh, would-be Mavericks and uh, they're great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to see teams, uh, you know, be NBA teams and not <laughs> flounder about. Yeah, but that's the bulls how do you feel how do you feel watching out ben how did how did you feel watching alex caruso demar Derozan, and lonzo ball um stunt on us in the fourth quarter <laughs> well this kind of goes into that uh the tweet you sent a while ago but like i like wouldn't it be nice that's the, this is like the wouldn't it be nice all-star team right here like we all you know wanted Derozan. Uh, i thought he would have been a perfect compliment to luca and He's balling out. Like he's like twenty six points a game, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, there's some um, Bulls fans comparing him to Michael Jordan. They're like, they're like, put oh, a statue wow. up for Demar right now. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, um, but I think this is like, this loss particularly felt like the haves and the haves nots of talent. It where you know we thought we made some additions, but they haven't really contributed yet. They haven't really you know um, stepped up yet into their roles they're getting a feel for it i guess whereas they had they added their guys and they're already like crushing it um so like it's just crazy how i mean i, I don't want to get too far hit into it but like we're, we're we've been kind of handicapped by the kp trade and, and like the bulls have kind of had like a, a totally different setup because they've been the losing team and they've had all these draft picks they can kind of make all these trades but we're you know you know, it's, it's, it's a different situation, but like, if we have money, that should be enough to bring people in and it just hasn't been. So that's just been frustrating. And that was, that's why that loss was like this Eastern team jumped us in one off season because we can't add anybody. So anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, from this past week, uh, you know, it's a game we, we, we won. Um, and a game we definitely should have won against a one in 10 Pelicans team. Um, but this was also the largest victory margin we've had all season. Um, uh, earlier on in the first few games, it seemed like we were still playing down to competition. The only difference was we were winning. Whereas last year, or the past couple of years, we would play down to teams like the Kings and then we would drop one or we would drop a few to I remember one game last year it was a back-to-back against the Pelicans and we rested Luca and KP and we lost by like 10 or 12 to the Pelicans who like ended up being a lottery team um 
so it was a couple of things that I, it was one on the level just like beating a team like this by 16 by double digits going away um is what we expect like we're taking care of business um that is the very least that we ought to be doing um against these teams and it's i, I take it as a positive that we're starting to do that we're starting to clown um the inferior competition um so I'm hopeful that we're going to see that going forward, where when we're playing lottery teams, we're playing like a playoff team plays against the lottery team, and we're going to uh, get win going away. Uh, another thing that I want to point out from this game is this game felt um, like the most glaring instance of um, get these boys some more playing time. And the boys that I'm referring to are Jalen, Reggie, and Frank. Um, those three, in a lot of situations, have kept, particularly Jalen Brunson. Um, and actually, Jalen did play 30 minutes in this game. But he still came off the bench. Um, and you saw Reggie and Frank also put up uh, pretty good numbers coming off the bench. Um, meanwhile, you still have guys like Dwight and particularly Dorian, who have struggled early in the season. And there's kind of, it kind of presents this lingering question of like, okay, how long are we going to continue to try Dorian and Dwight both in the starting lineup? Um, especially with KP at the floor, KP, or with Dwight and KP both on the floor. Um, one of our... Uh, one great Twitter follow is Stock Franco has been going into like into deep dives on like some of the plays Mavs running are running on offense and how why it looks so disjointed. Um, and he's had he's had some great points to make about how in some of these offensive sets you have KP trying to post up out of a Dwight Powell pick and roll, and Dwight is rolling to the basket. KP's trying to post up, and you end up having just all of this traffic in the lane and Luca has nowhere to go with it. Luca has no, nothing to work with. And so he can either dump it off for a post-up. He can try and throw it through a crowded. It just, it's making it too easy on the defense um, with those guys playing like significant minutes. Um, so this game to me felt like, okay, we know what needs to happen. We need Brunson, Reggie, Frank to maybe play a little bit more. Uh, and we maybe need Dorian and Dwight to take a step back. Like maybe those roles need to be reversed. Some of those guys need to be starting and Dwight and Dorian maybe need to be coming off the bench. Um, and I said it early on in the season or before the season started, I said it all last year, really. Um, this is no disrespect to like Dwight or Dorian or Maxi or any of those guys. But we saw them start for huge chunks last year and they are great role guys. They're great bench players um but they get exposed when they play starter level minutes um and so how do you how do you kind of balance that out with guys that are you know kicking ass off the bench um and you guys guys who are, who are underperforming and are kind of messing with the like flow of the offense really um and some of that will will change as the season goes on and guys get more comfortable with their roles um and with jkid's offense but um, so yeah, I'm going with the Pelicans game for all those reasons. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll see more of that, more of those kinds of games going into the future. Um, uh, 
Yo, Alexander Walker is a top waste man. <laughs> he, I think he's very bad, dude. He played, he played almost forty minutes too, and uh, yeah, like it sucks. They got to rely on him to be the man, to be like the QB, because yeah, oh, like, like Pelicans. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're with, they're without, Alexander Walker. Oh yeah, they're they're without Zion and Brandon Ingram in that yeah. game. So true. Yeah, it was like a huge talent, like. I mean, they weren't super great anyway, but like they, you know, we we had to win that game, and it's good that we won it the way we did. But I'm curious, kind of like you said with Dorian, because we know Dorian so well, we've seen him grow, but he's gotten off to that terrible shooting start. You kind of wonder if like maybe we just switch Reggie Bullock in there just to kind of <laughs> see how it goes, um, see if he can knock yeah. down different shots uh, that you know Dorian's missing. Yeah, I think um, Dorian has also been asked to do a little bit or there's been an expectation placed on him to do more than he needs to. And I think that has contributed to some of the, I, I think we saw in one of the early games, like a Dorian post-up, which like we have never seen in like the last three years of like, Oh yeah, yeah. let's run ISO and like back to the basket with Dorian. Um, and it's just, it's just like the Mavs offense should never run a play like that. Like it just, those those kinds of plays cannot happen. You're you're giving points away to the defense. Um, so, but yeah, I do think his he's gonna regress back to the mean. He's gonna like start. They're gonna start falling. Um, he's too hard of a worker and too like much of a hustle guy for those shots to for him to shoot sub thirty percent the whole season. Um, but yeah, Ben, what do you what do you got? What are you what are you taking as like the signature game from this week? <laughs> Um, the signature game, the one I saw the most, uh, of was the Boston win. Um, and I, I saw bits of the second, uh, bits, bits of the first, I guess, I guess the bits of the second half where I, I did not realize we had such a big lead and I like started watching it and my cousins were watching it like, yeah, like we were up by 20 and now like they're like back in the game. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So even when we're like have this huge lead, I you know, Mavs fans can't like celebrate it because you know, to the to the Celtics credit, you know they just had Jason Tatum. They didn't have Jalen uh, Brown, so Jason Tatum like took it upon himself to go like you know get all the buckets, and and they did a good job of of you know getting back in the game. Um, but this was also KP's first game back after like a five plus game uh, issue with back tightness in air quotes. We'll see. Uh, but um, I, I, I like that we, uh, this is the game right after we rec recorded our last pod. And I kind of voiced my frustrations with KP. I'm like, I just want to be done with this guy. Like, I don't, I feel like, you know, it's really frustrating uh, the way that everything kind of revolves around whether he's, you know, healthy or whether he fits in the offense and all this stuff. Like, um, and he comes back and he has a pretty decent game. And, uh, uh, that, you know, the, the Doncic step back was just, was just killer. Like that's going to be like annual tradition and Celtics fans know already that he's, you know, cause he hit two in that game last year and then he had another yeah. one on him this year. So, um, that was pretty great. Um, I actually missed that part because my cousins wanted to watch the fight and I didn't, and <laughs> they switched uh, it over to like, fired. yeah, yeah. So I, I missed, I missed like the second half of the fourth quarter, but anyway, that I thought, cause 
boss we we had this trend of losing a good te- like losing the good teams by a lot and winning against bad teams that we had in our schedule so boston is kind of a weird like not sure if they're good not sure if they're bad uh situation so i wasn't sure how the mavs were going to play to that so i think that confused them as a team they're like oh yeah they're a bad team let's go up by 20 and then you know <laughs> then the celtics are like no we're not like we're a mediocre team so then they caught up so that might be partly why that went down the way it did. Um, so uh, it was it was good to see them get like a like a happy win. Um, but I also like saw some of the the warts where like we couldn't hold on to that lead and and like you know um, that was kind of frustrating. And then that like that win versus this recent Spurs game where KP drops thirty two, Luca drops thirty two, um, and they ha- they both have monster games. Mass Twitter's like, oh, KP's, you know, balling out and all this stuff. Um, and I just, <laughs> the, the inner like cynic in me is thinking like, yeah, he balled out against the Spurs who had no bigs. And, you know, like. Yeah, Jacob, it, Jacob Pertle, uh, Pertle was, was out yeah. <laughs> last night. Yeah. So like, I, I'm glad he had a good game against a bad team, but I'm not going to get like excited. Like, oh, KP's back until he like like does it against like we're gonna play the nuggets is he gonna do that against Jokic and, and the gang of, you know in denver like I, I don't know i think I, i'm glad he's doing better because that just makes his trade like we'll get into that later but um so that that's that's the ben is fully aboard uh build up the trade value kp yes <laughs> Yes, drop yes. 32 on their heads. Yes. We're going to be containers at the end of the season, and then Mavs fans are still going to be like, all right, but how can we get rid of KP? All right, I know we're, we're doing well, but, like, look. <laughs> look. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's kind of the, the, the three games that stuck out to us. What's the vibe check right now? Like, wh- how do you feel about this 8-4 and four Dallas team, given the, the, the wins that we've had against easy teams and the losses we've had against – playoff teams and the point you know uh andrew sent out a tweet that kind of captured that really well yeah so um we're eight and four currently our four losses are all to what conventional wisdom would tell us are playoff teams um we lost to the hawks by 26 although the hawks have come out of the gate struggling um and that loss in game one of the season might come back to look really bad on, on our part. Um, just given uh, how much they're struggling early. Uh, you know, we all expect them to kind of turn it around. Um, they were, they made the Eastern conference finals last year. So, um, and they brought everybody back for the most part. So 26 point loss to the Hawks, um, a 31 point loss to the Nuggets, um, and I believe that was without Maxi and KP or no, no, no. We lost uh, KP. Um, we didn't have KP for that game. And then it, we cut it down a 15 point loss to the heat and then 10 point loss to the bulls this year. So yeah. Do we take, how do we feel about the eight and four record? Do you guys take any comfort in the fact that we did play the bulls closer than we have been playing? other like top tier teams or are we just like scrambling for like any positive note to like those four losses um yeah 
Like, is that I saw some people saying the shame, the shamelessness of this tweet of like <laughs> people were like, yeah, you're giving it a really positive spin. Some people, I think, thought I was I was being I was out of my goddamn mind. Um, but I seriously I seriously asked that as a question of like. You know, do we. You know, is is that is is a victory right around the corner for us against some playoff competition? Yeah. Honestly, like we got a tough stretch coming up and we've kind of had an easy schedule. Eight and four is not bad, man. Like it's not bad. It's not bad. We're doing all right. We're in the we're fourth place. And Luca in the last four games, since our last episode, Lucas shot forty one percent from three. And before that he was shooting like twenty five percent. So like it and also, you know, we've had I, I guess I'm I you know, we've had a couple of great games from Brunson. I guess that was before the last pod. We spoke about that last episode. Um, but, you know, that two career games for Brunson in a row, he seems to be developing. He's still got his handles on point at all times. You know, like, like we're seeing certain things just click. We're getting open shots still. Yeah, they're not going in, but we're getting open shots. I think for what we've got, we're a decently efficient. We're decently efficient on offense. Uh, and, and yeah, there's there's issues like like it, it's not contender tier, but I think we're not far from getting there. Like if you know, if KP's if KP's balling out like he's been like he we know he's capable of, and um, you know if he stays in the, if he keeps if he stays in the game, Lucas stays in the game, keeps improving his shot, like we're golden, I think. But you know. Okay. Games like the Bulls were like where where the shootings off and things like like that'll continue to happen. But but if we're if we're winning if we're still winning games, then it'll work out at the end of the day. We'll, we'll dodge that play in. We're already talking about dodging the play in. <laughs> After that Bulls loss, the Mavs Center was like, "Yeah, this is a play in team." Yeah, is, <laughs> you know, we went from like top of the West that to seems unfair to play in yeah. team in one loss. Um. Yeah, I don't I I don't know how to to it's tough to gauge this team because Luke because KP's been out for as long as he has. Our our schedule's been real easy and then like Luke has been kind of off. And if he's off, then a lot of our guys don't have as good of a like we definitely don't have a shot to win and then like some of our guys frankly like our supporting cast has not been great. Um I don't know if I can be encouraged. So we've played, we've played terribly and we're eight and four. I, I think like we, we've played terribly against the good teams. Like there's no disputing that playing good against like the bad teams. That's an improvement. Cause like you said, last year we struggled with, you know, whether it was Pelicans or this, the, the Kings or even the thunder, like we would have, you know, losses to, to those teams. Um, I just think this stretch that we're about to go into, this is when we really start to to judge them who they are, um, because you're going to come out against the, the Nuggets, the the Clippers, and the Suns, the Suns and Clippers twice, and I think the, all of those teams are. Um, we also much have- we also play the Wizards on the 27th at the tail end of that stretch, and the Wizards are are eight and three, nine and three. They're yeah, the top like they're, of the East right now. Yeah, they're one they're, of the they're looking good. They're one of the better East teams. And uh, I just feel like it got like the Spurs game was the 12th game of the season. And that's the first game where we really saw KP at the five for ma- the majority of the games. So um, 
is Cape is is Coach Kid gonna give in to that and like okay KP you really need to be the five with with this matchup or like because ultimately that's what you know helped our offense is KP at the five it took us twelve games to get to that point where it was most of the game so um like I I, I don't want us to go into these you know difficult teams trying to do the old stuff with Dwight and think like oh yeah like we'll you know this will go great. Um, cause I don't have, yeah, I don't know if that answers so, the question. I kind of, so yeah. So like <laughs> last night's game was great. We beat a, an inferior team. KP played great. Luca played great. Do you feel like the rest of the season is going to be more like last night or is it going to be more like the first, uh, 11 games where offense is just disjointed guys don't know where to go. Luca's struggling or forcing stuff. Um, Dwight is playing 25 minutes a game um, and we're running out, you know, Dwight and Dorian in the starting lineup. Is, is that going to continue or are we going to see more of what we saw last night? Like what does the rest of the season look like in your mind? Cause I'll say, I'll say this. I did. I, I was really bored last night um, and I went not really like a deep dive, but I just wanted to see like last night was the first game where we scored over 120 points. Um, first game of the season for us uh, that we got into that. And so I wanted to see, I was like, I'm curious where other teams are at with like their highest scoring performance so far in regulation. Um, there are only five other teams who are yet to score over or surround, get over 120 games in a single, in a single game. Um, we are tied with the Nets for, well, both the Dallas and the Nets took the longest at 12 games each. It took the Nets and the Mavericks 12 games each to get to, uh, over 120 points. There are five other teams who haven't reached it yet. I'm curious if you guys have any guesses who any of those other teams are. Just give me like one team, Ben, that you think hasn't yet scored over 120 uh the thunder okay uh the timberwolves <laughs> okay no neither of those teams are on this list uh. uh we are in the same company as the toronto raptors the new orleans pelicans the orlando <laughs> magic the detroit pistons and the Ugh. denver nuggets um now we're in the same we're in the same but we have surmount. We have reached that mountaintop of 120 points. If that if that really matters at all, um, but it did go to show me briefly. Like so far in the season, at least offensively, we have played like a lottery team. <laughs> but we're eight and four. So like again, winning solves everything. I feel I feel fairly good about where we are. Like we have played terribly. Uh, the offensive scheme, the play, like the coaching has seemed a little lackadaisical, um, but we're eight and four. Like, you know, you we're going to assume that we can only improve from here. And if we improve on eight and four, then that's pretty solid. I think um, that might just be the coffee talking. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, yeah. I, and this stretch is going to tell us a lot, I think. Yeah. When when you have like uh, Western Conference contenders back to back to back to back to back, and and you have to you know 
the all, all year bench has to step up. KP has to step up. Luca has to, you know, be Luca. Um, so we'll see. I, I there, there, I think there is hope. This is just, it's confusing at this point in the season because we're not really sure all the way who they are because of all the weird stuff that's going on. Um, so real quick, let's, let's, let's go around like how, now that KP had this monster game, how do you, how do you feel about KP? Cause that was the big discussion on maps Twitter. Everybody's like singing his praises like, Oh, like, you know, I would, you know, a lot of people claiming to be like the diehard KP stands and, and just, you know, try to plant their flag. Like, Oh yeah. Like told you so you know, things like that. Like where, where are you guys at with KP? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about it because he's played a few games now. He's shown he's raw. He's always been raw. He's not a bad player. You know, he's just unavailable. He's not, he's not a waste man. He's not bad. He puts, he put up 20 points a game last season. He gets rebounds. Like, like he's positioning himself to, to make an impact. Yeah, he gets killed on defense sometimes, like, you know, but he's not bad. And and we he showed that last night. So I'm feeling pretty good. I think that with I, I think that we'll we'll see a more available KP than last season and that'll result in a better outcome than last season. Uh, so like I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hopeful. The back sniff this is weird, but but he's a big guy. <laughs> He's got like the 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 foundations like his bones are big and like I'm telling you big dudes are not built for like this kind of wear and tear I don't think so we'll see how it plays out but yeah I'm feeling pretty good he's he's he he could ball man and and he's grown in confidence he's evolved throughout the season like he's gotten better so that that Hawks game there was some really like, as soon as he stepped on the court it was I was a little awkward. He came out with the second unit, and and that's when the game fell apart when KP came back because because he was playing so poorly. But but you know last night, you know last, last couple games he's like on on point. So yeah, he could hoop. He could hoop. If he could play, we're gonna be good. Um, he's played six games so far this season. He's had one signature performance where he dropped thirty. Um, I am not. I, I am gonna do my best. I'm I'm happy. Like yes, this is awesome. But I, I am not. I am not getting in, anywhere near the KP hype train, because uh you know oh my gosh bubble KP he's going off meniscus tear he's out he can't play like oh my gosh when is he gonna come back oh my gosh did he and Luca have any chemistry oh my gosh here's a really big game from KP he's playing great. And then injury, back back stiffness, rolls his ankle. Oh my gosh, we don't have KP. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, it's been two years of this. I'm excited when he plays. I'm excited when he plays really well. But by no means am I gonna am I gonna trick myself into expecting it. Because um, we we've we've seen this movie before. Um, and you know maybe this time is different. But like, don't catch me lacking on like <laughs> expecting that to be different this time around um so yeah we'll see like it feels it feels weird to like hop back on the kp hype train when he's only played half of our games he's only played in like in half of our games i'll just throw these numbers out here 
<laughs> this is KP since returning from back stiffness. So this this last uh, exactly a week four last games. four games four yeah. games um three and one in this stretch kp's put up 21.8 points a game uh shooting 30 almost 35 percent from three 50 percent from the field uh almost nine rebounds a game you know that was who he was last year that was that was his stat line for like the entire season last year so like so I, I'm not I'm not ready to say like, oh, my God, like, yes, last night was a unicorn sighting. But the thing about unicorns is they're mystical beasts that only show up sometimes. Bars. <laughs> they're very hard to find. True. They're very mysterious. That's you why they're mythical, because you don't see them all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, exactly. You're not going to catch me expecting to see the unicorn all the time. Sometimes he's just going to be a dude. And sometimes he's going to be a dude with back stiffness that can't play. Yeah. That's fair. That's more than fair. Yeah. He's a more yeah, talented I... dude. He is a more talented dude than all of the other bigs on our roster, but he... <laughs> he's just a dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that kind of, you summed it up pretty well, Andrew. I, I, I understand the excitement, but. I'm almost wanting to like fast forward to the point where I don't have to worry about KP. And and to me, that's like, yeah, I'm glad he's doing, doing better. He's making, you know, showing off what he can do so that trade partner can get a good look at it. And then like, you know what, maybe he, maybe he'll show up more as this a uniform is, for us. Jay, we're, we're going to, we need to write this down as like last year, Ben, Ben was all about that, like, how are we going to get Giannis? When is Giannis coming to <laughs> Dallas? This uh, season, this season, this is his, this is his white whale. This is his, like, <laughs> when are we going to trade KP? When are we shipping cool. KP out? Let's build up his trade value. Like, anytime we have a guest on, hey, what do you think we're going to get <laughs> when we trade him? <laughs> when we trade him? Put, a, put a KP trade together real quick. Uh, uh, yeah. What's the package we can get? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm already there. I, 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 yeah, this is so, so that sentiment right there, Ben of like, I'm just ready to not have to worry about him is, is the, is kind of sums up why last week I tweeted out that the Knicks won the KP trade and, and really it had more to do with the fact that like we traded for him and re-signed him to a huge contract. But the Knicks, a lot, I mean, we see all these other teams like making moves because they have the freedom and the lateral, like the ability to kind of move stuff around. And we tied a 30 million a year, like four, you know, draft pick, like anchor around our necks. Um, And as good as KP plays, like as, as well as any acquisitions play, there's always that feeling that, oh man, if we had just had the freedom and the financial ability to like go out and get this other person. Um, and it's unfair. That came. Yeah. And, and actually, and I do want to say this, it's unfair to put all that on KP because the front office also made other terrible decisions that locked us in to where we are right now, where we're constantly wondering like, is this the real KP? Can he keep this up? Can he stay healthy? And that didn't, and it didn't have to be this way. 
um, with or without KP. Um, so looking at you, uh, Seth Curry and Harrison Barnes. Um, yeah, that's been coming out l- up a lot lately when Harrison Barnes pulls out in Sacramento and then Seth Curry's getting a lot more playing time with the Sixers because of the whole Ben Simmons situation. He's just balling out, shooting, cra- shooting like crazy. And that one, there was one post, I forget who posted it, but they said, like, and both of these guys wanted to be here. That's the big, <laughs> that's the biggest difference between like the guys we're chasing that clearly don't want to be here. And then these two guys like were bought in. Like we had we had, had them had under them contract. We had in-house. Seth under contract. Yeah. We had so, Harris, we sold Harrison Barnes for cap space. That we yeah, did nothing. Just that, any yeah, malpractice. Anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, um there is this thing that had happened. Now we've kind of hit the buckets on the on the Mavs side. We want to get beyond the Mavs. We want to get throughout the rest of the league some topics that we wanted to hit on. And <laughs> there's a uh, what was it? what would you call that? A, a scuffle? A scuffle between fuffle? A brouhaha? A fuffle? A brouhaha with uh, Nikola Jokic and Mark and Mark Keith Morris, where if I can remember correctly. Uh, it was Jokic was coming down the court in the middle of the court. And then Markeith Morris kind of like jumps up with his, you know, into Jokic, like kind of bashing his knee on him and then like getting under his ribs. Yeah. He sticks his forearm. Yeah. It's your typical, like they're on a fast break and I want to commit a foul to like stop the fast break. But it was like, let me stick my elbow into your ribs. Yeah, let me use my elbow, my knee to foul you in in the in midair. So he did that, and then he just kind of walks away. And then Jokic is, oh, uh, no, you did not. And then he just kind of like leans into him, like st- straight in the back. Have you ever seen someone throw a shoulder at someone and then see them like crumple to the floor immediately? <laughs> Like he didn't throw a punch. He didn't. He didn't swing on him or anything. He just like leaned a shoulder into him with like I feel like that was Jokic. Like this is fifty percent power for you. Yeah. Like this is this is this is a non-fatal move. He rocked him still though. Like if you saw (laughs) Jokic's power, yeah, he rocked him. If we had like the UFC cameras and like if they had (laughs) if they showed like his neck and just his like vertebrae. Yo, can we, go, can we pull it up, Andrew? I think like, <laughs> do you want to pull it up or what? The video of I, I guess we, we don't have to. Um, but no, I'm just looking up Jokic's size and weight. Um, and then what? What I, on top of that? So Mar Markeith Morris is kind of laying there, kind of really selling it. He's just like, oh no, the pain. And then the Heat like bring out a stretcher for him. I don't know if that's like. He has like a signal for that, like, hey, you know, I, I need help selling this. Let me like get this stretcher out here. And then he doesn't even use it. Oh man. Jay got with the, the slow with the slow-mo replay. Got the footage up here. Well, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Harrow like steps towards Jokic and immediately that was another wonderful thing pointed people pointed out. It's like Harrow starts coming towards him but realizes he gives that ref plenty of time to step yeah. in between him. He kind of even does a little sidestep to like, like, but he, he could have just gone straight to bro's face, but you know, this takes a little step back. 
I'm not an advocate for viol- for violence. I'm really I'm really probably more of a pacifist or an advocate for nonviolence as a as a as a form of like solving uh, conflict. But uh, this is this is the reason the NBA is is the best league and the best major American sports league. No other league has this kind of drama on the court. Like this, this is like the ten we're ten games in, and we have a full blown like. Oh come on! Yeah, That's and here's 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 the other thing. Morris knew he was going to get away with it, or he thought he would. That's why he turned around because he was like, "This is this is my mo. This is what I do. I mess with guys. I foul guys." And the other thing is, he fouls him with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they're down by seventeen. Like the Heat are down by seventeen. Yeah, the Heat are down by seventeen at this point. <sighs> what? They are getting bodied by the Nuggets, and it, this is a meaningless foul. Like, okay, maybe they get a layup on this fast break, but like, you're not going to win this game. Like Jokic, yeah. And and people pointed out that like Jokic had been torching them the entire game, and this is this is very much this feels very similar to like the Andrew Bynum JJ Barea moment. Yeah. Not as egregious because like JJ Barea the way was difference five, foot, was different. five foot 11 and yeah. yeah. Um, but just, Oh gosh, it was, it and was it, giving me so much life this week to see people thrashing the Morris brothers on. Well, How like, about this? And, and we, I kind of had to remind myself, I had to like track in my head. Okay is this the Morris brother that did this to Luca? Like, no, like Marcus, cause like, okay. Cause they've been around different places recently. So I didn't know if like one of which one went where. So I was like, okay, no, that one, uh, that Marcus brother is I think in LA right now or something like that, whatever. Anyway. Hey, but you know uh, what they say about twins though? Like if, if one has a beef, then the other one like has the same beef, even if they yeah. aren't like, even if they aren't in the same room, <laughs> like, like, they're, they're synergizing. They, they, they like yeah. link up to the cloud. Yeah. They, they send their beef to their, like, so I, cause we, cause we, as Mavs fans, we've seen how Marcus Morris like went out of his way to like step on Luca's ankle or like around dirty there. Cheap fouls. Yeah. Super, super dirty. And the, what was crazy is the league, uh, league didn't even call on that. Um, hold on. Come on. Yeah, I don't know if there was any any fines or like, or you know, uh, punishment afterwards. Can I read you guys my favorite one of my favorite tweets? So after the game, Keith Keith Morris tweeted out, "This is the guy who gets decked. I love to see the hate. No doubt. I took a hard foul, which I always do, but I've never hit a man with his back turned." which people immediately like brought out clips of him, like <laughs> shoving people with their back turn. Um, but he said, luckily we built, we, 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 we built different over here. I can take my lips and keep pushing Joker one smooth zero lol. And someone quote tweeted it and said, how are you built different? There's literally two of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. I, saw that too. I think the yeah. best reaction and th- I think the, what helped was the the national TV reaction when you get uh, you get Charles Barkley and you get Shaq talking about it, and then they're like, "Why would I wait for you to turn around? Like, what 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 was the point? Like, you clearly like you, didn't if, give a crap if you about walk, me. If you so. walk away from me, you're getting hit. Yeah, you're yeah. getting hit. I like, declare a duel, sir. Like, like no, <laughs> yes, bro. Like, <laughs> like, 
Oh my I God. think that it's funny just... the, uh, the the NBA martial art that's developing because like we also saw the uh, not to switch the topic but we saw Gobert get in a scuffle too mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and like and but the way like the moves that they used it was like a shoving match but it was like a Go grabbing bear, Gobert bear hugged him he yeah just, it was like, like wrapped him up and was like weird judo so stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. bizarre seeing the two different like like we got the we yeah. got the, the straight up the cheap decks and then we have the the uh passive aggressive like i don't want to do he's like too i'm gonna crazy. Sub- i'm gonna subdue you i'm not gonna like <laughs> punch you yeah. out i'm gonna like crog maga not crog maga but i'm gonna like uh there's an art to like combat without like getting a getting penalized yeah <laughs> And the other perspective, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Richard Jefferson had, a, he did like a TikTok about like, if you don't do this, this he doesn't, doesn't happen. do that. Yeah. yeah like it, yeah, 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 like yeah. it's, it's very like cause and effect. And I, and I think he kind of tra- like people, he may have expected people to be like, Oh, poor Markeith, you got pushed in the back by that big meanie who had no reason to do like, and then like, obviously the internet saw it like hundreds and hundreds of times like no like you definitely deserved it and yeah i don't know the the interesting thing i saw about the gobert miles turner um altercation was afterwards i don't know if you saw what gobert kind of said after the game but he essentially was kind of calling people out as like there's a lot of guys who posture and like act out in a way that like I think the Morris brothers, you could say, like, they act out in a way and they project this, like, I'm strong, I'm tough, like, I'm going to fight you. And Jimmy Butler, people were kind of clowning Jimmy Butler because he was, you know, posturing the whole time and saying, like, we'll see you out back, like, let's go. And Gobert kind of pointed out, it's like, there's a lot of guys who act that way on the court, but aren't about that life. Um, And people just need to, like, calm down and not. And I... I kind of respected that response of like, yeah, you can, you can act a certain way on the court. You can act all tough. um, But one, you're not going to do anything. And two, like you shouldn't do anything. Like it's funny to like talk about like, oh man, Jokic is going to get his twin, his brothers and them are going to like meet the Morris, the Morris brothers out back. And like, they're going to have a scrap when like, no one really wants to see that. Uh, Jay, you and I reviewed the malice in the palace and it was like, funny on a certain level but also kind of tragic and just dumb um and so i i found it really interesting that gobert said that of like y'all aren't really about this like this is this is an act yeah and i think with the morris brothers especially they've mastered the art of like fouling without getting caught it's it's like hey i'm gonna like you know jet like i'm gonna like send my elbow into you in an angle where I know the ref isn't looking, or I'm going to, you know, step on your foot where I know he's not looking at your foot. Like these little things of like these micro aggressions that throughout a game where like, I'm just trying to get under this person's, I'm trying to get under this person's skin to the point where they just like, maybe they try to throw hands at me. And then I like, you know, like get them fouled out or something. I think that's part of it. it. It's like, Obviously, they wouldn't like fight in a game, but I think it's just they're they're so used to getting away with it, and and they're, they're not irritants. used to, and and frankly, they're not used to like a bigger dude like fighting back like that. Like that, like everybody assumes Jokic is just going to be like this like passive euro who's just going to take it, you know. 
Well, and, there's the there's always go. the expectation that the other person has to be the 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 literally the bigger man, but also <laughs> like metaphorically the bigger man. Like the Morris twins, or there are different guys like Patrick Beverly, kind of gets under people's skin a lot. There's always this expectation that like they're gonna irritate you. And it's your job to be the bigger man and just like, yeah, to take it. Um, it's also interesting to me that like, and you can point out like throughout history, there are guys that were like this, but that guys who like the Morris twins, like they essentially like are in the NBA. Like that is their, that is their brand. Like that is their, like when we saw, when we signed James Johnson and Josh Richardson last year, we were like, oh man, here come the dogs. Like, we're going to have some tough guys that like can face up against the Morris twins or what, or Marcus or whatever, when we play the Clippers. Um, and so there's certain players that like, yeah, that's just like, they kind of have just embraced, like, this is what you pay me to do is to foul people hard um, and be an irritant on defense. Uh and I wonder if the NBA holds any responsibility or like if like the culture as a whole, like, okay, do we need to stop rewarding that kind of play? Um, or yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, a mid-level exception kind of mid-level like veteran salary isn't exactly like a reward to these guys. Cause they're usually not like putting up huge numbers. Um, you know, they're never winning MVP, but there is always a consistent like, place on a roster for a guy like that um like there's always space in the nba for a morris or a beverly or whoever else yeah it's weird it's weird i i have a hard time thinking about it because i because there's two sides to it there's like there's the dark art and there's the finesse you know like 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 there's kind of an art to finessing like it, and it's different than being a pure menace it's different than like being just a pure demon who's like just tr like i don't even want to say trolling but just like taking real you know like uh, when i think of pat beverly taking westbrook's knee out like like moves like that that are just that's a very dangerous it's a cheap move it's a troll thing yeah but it's a that's a dark art that that's a dangerous thing that you're doing to somebody and Westbrook had missed months and months of playing time like like that impacted his career surely um you know so like there are certain plays that are like just pure evil but then there's the finesse that's like I like you it's almost an art because because you don't get penalized for it the, the refs don't do anything you get under their skin a little bit and there's there's like a there's a given like you said there's a, a uh, there's a give and take to it you know you um the instigator is supposed to instigate and then the other the receiver's role is to not take it too far but if they do take it too far they gotta they gotta yoke it they gotta like they gotta outdo the instigator or you gotta be the bigger man you gotta like you gotta be on one side and, of the spectrum so it's like like they, there's a dance to it that's that's like i'm not gonna say valuable or good but but it's not the same thing as dangerous plays so i i i don't hate it i think Trey young kind of fits in this conversation too because I was saying last episode, some of these fouls he's picking up, he's broken the game. And and it's like like if he could coach he could almost coach youths how to how to like <laughs> he could almost coach like well, train kids how to like do that that stop well, jump thing and like it's 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 it's, it's a gymnastic almost of the, the well, finesse. <laughs> I, 
to your point about like there's there's like an intricate dance to it. We saw it happen in the playoffs where Marcus was like talking smack, I guess, to Luca. And I think I think he like maybe shoved Luca or something like that. Luca comes around like ready to like box. Like he's ready to like take some swings at him. And I think either Bobon held him back. And uh I think uh I don't know if KP if that's the same instance where KP kind of got like like had like traded words two, with him like two he was gonna years fight. ago in the bubble, KP the bubble? like inserted himself and that yeah. was in game one and KP got ejected actually. Yeah. Um, so like if you if you're so based off of that dance, like Marcus won that dance because he like instigated to the point where their second best player got it thrown out of the game. That's no, one less best, thing. Their best player. Yeah. Jokic got ejected. Yeah. Oh well, I meant like in in our oh case, in, in our Mavs. case, yeah, yeah. In the Mavs, yeah. he they they danced it so like he wins the chess match. Yeah. Yeah, because like I because I antagonized you in this way, so their main goal like it might yeah. be to just pest until one of you know. I guess I will say there's a certain that, but... there's a certain like self awareness that you know we you sometimes view these guys as like oh they're dumb they're meatheads they're just like they're hotheads they're just trying to but there's a remarkable amount of self-awareness from both the Morrises of like, look, I am maybe like the fifth or sixth, like best guy on my team. Like I'm a role guy. I'm a bench guy. But in the case of KP and this situation with Jokic, it didn't really impact the game in Denver, but if like, it's, it's, it it is a chess match. Like I'm going to sacrifice a pawn to take out your queen or to take out your rook. Like I'm going to sacrifice one of my least valuable pieces, Keith Morris or Marcus Morris, like he got ejected too, but Hey, I'm going to take out your best player either by injury or hopefully not by injury. We don't, we hate to see that happen. Or I'm going to get them. I'm going to goad them into getting themselves ejected. Um, and it didn't have an impact in this game. It certainly had an impact in 2019 in the bubble or 2020 in the bubble. Um, where we lost KP in game one. So it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yes, Jokic like deck, deck that fool, but also like, yeah, like you said, Ben, he, he won the chess match. <laughs> like, and you yeah, gotta like, you wonder if it's like, it, it's, it becomes uh, like a sacrificial pawn, but you gotta think that part of these guys game is an adaptation like like because they're not the number one two three guy they became you know like they chose you know the, the dark side of the forest like <laughs> like they they adapted Aww. to the game to bring value <laughs> yeah you know I, I, yeah <laughs> like <laughs> they uh like they added this to their game to get them that extra you know that extra piece yeah, of I'd, cloud that extra wait, bit of respect or whatever that value for yeah, their team other other players I, add a mid-range game or a fadeaway <laughs> or they work on their crossover um the morris, the morris brothers, brothers are like how can i stab somebody on the yeah. court without knowing what <laughs> <laughs> just if i just like use my elbow in this direction yeah, and i'm like, just looking uh, at the balls grow my fingernails like, this week yeah like, yeah. <laughs> not even that it's like it's like let me study film like okay so luca has been favoring this one ankle so (laughs) how can i how can i get my foot on his right foot 
like at the opportune moment or like how can i stick my foot in a place oh my god it's, yeah it, yeah well um <laughs> i'm glad we got to talk through that because there's a lot of stuff like there's a lot of stuff on twitter um but it's just funny to, to kind of go through that in, in like the weird intricacies of the game and, and, and like the do's and don'ts like, oh you don't do that like oh you don't you know it's somebody from behind or, yeah. yeah there's a lot of posturing about unwritten rules i'm like look yeah richard jefferson he explained it perfectly like you did something wrong you 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 effed around and you found out <laughs> like <laughs> That's, that's it going like, on the let, soundboard yeah. let, it be, let it be done like, you, you messed around and you got Jokic. i just messed like, around and now your teeth are rattling around a little bit and now the denver my the next denver miami game is much wa- must watch tv like if it's not a national game it should be a national game i'm waiting like, for those fire locker room picks bro like oh waiting gosh. outside the locker room <laughs> Like, I, yeah, I bet you the Jokic bros are going to be like right behind the Miami Heat bench. Like, I bet y'all try something. I dare you. Like, yeah. see what happens. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that we're there's any risk of like an actual malice at the palace type situation here? I think it's purely for show. I think it's entirely. I think I don't... it's all fake. I think a brawl is possible. I think the most we'll see is like like a few swings. And a yeah, few connections, the, but between players only, and like that'll play, be the most we ever get. And you know, until whatever. I just don't know the fa- like. I don't know if the fans dislike each other enough to like, you know, like if it's in like if the next game is is in Miami, like they're not gonna. I don't know if there's like so much built up hate towards the Nuggets. You know, I feel like that's kind of what helped. You know, in, you know, in the Mouse at the Palace, like there was a lot of disdain for for the Pacers. So. I don't know. I, I, there might be a scuffle. There might be like a, like a couple hard fouls, and then like you know people get thrown out. But I don't know if they'll be. Like I right. think fans are just cooler now. Like fans are just <laughs> chill. like yeah, Detroit in the early two thousands. Like <laughs> I don't know something about just even thinking of yeah, eight. Like maybe maybe I just watched Eight Mile too many times or something. <laughs> but, like, but just this cold. It's like you know this a, is, a, a gonna... former world power. That's like kind of decrepit now and like got a reputation. It's like the bitterness <laughs> you know, out on the team. The bitterness, the culture, you know, like like them they were just some mean fans yeah. to me just back in the day. But Denver, <laughs> but Denver everyone's high and yeah, in everyone's Mi- lit in up, Miami, yeah. everyone's everyone's in like it's like, like a party city. Like, everyone's taking yeah. selfies the whole game yeah, in Miami. Pina yeah. coladas, like, Nobody takes life that seriously in either of those places. So yeah. it'll be good. Okay. Um I think we hit it, uh, everything, unless there's anything else you wanted to hit on before we dip out. No, I think that's, I think that's good. I just, we would be remiss if we didn't mark this moment in history. <laughs> Respect to Jokic. Jokic did nothing. Hashtag Jokic did nothing wrong. Thank Jokic, Jokic for MVP. Yeah. <laughs> he a real one. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you guys for listening to Buckets and Beyond. Uh, We've been Buckets and Beyond, so check us out on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond, and then at uh, on Twitter at Buckets Beyond. We're out of here. Adios. Peace out. Deuce.